0: Okay, Let's get started with Parsha Shmos, Tavshin Ayindalad, a new Sefer, a new beginning, and we get right into it with the name of the Sefer. What is Sefer Shmos called? We call it Shmos, but if we translate that to English, it's not called the Book of Names. It's Exodus, right? Sefer HaGeulah. We've spoken about it in the past, the Shita of the Bahag, the Bahag, who gives a name to every one of the Svarim in Chumash, except for Sefer Shmos, which he calls... Chomish Sefer Shani. The second one, we mentioned in the past that the Netziv notes that what he couldn't come up with a name. Couldn't come up like Bresh's Sefer Ayasha and, and Vayikra. Every Sefer has a name. But Sefer Shani <laughs> is the name that he gives to Sefer Shmos, what we call Shmos, because obviously it's a continuation and a completion of what happened in the first Sefer. So Dafki he doesn't give it a name because it's Sefer Shani. Along those lines, that we mentioned a number of years ago, but along those lines, Rav Nissen Alpert in source number one says that we could even think on a deeper level, Sefer HaGu'ula, the Shorish Gula is related to Hag'ala, as we know from the Halachas of Kasherim. Hag'ala, what is Hag'ala? Hotsa'az davar mitoch davar. The removal of something that is inside. There's something in there and I get it out. That's geula. There's potential there. It's there. But now I take it out. I bring the the koach, from the koach to the poal, From the potential to the l'maysa. That's geula. That's taking what was. going from step A to step B. We're going from maisa avos. The first couple of months of the, of the Torah. And now we get into the actuality, the potential being actualized. And this is the Eilish Mosbenay Israel issue of They came to the story as we go from individuals to the nation. That is the transition in this week's Parsha. But that is Ge'ula on a deeper level. Redemption is redeeming and bringing out, as we bring out something not kosher in Haggala, but here we're bringing out something that is in Mitzrayim and it's going to end up, as we know, in a couple of weeks, the Haggala of the Jewish people from, from Mitzrayim. That's in terms of the name of the Parsha. Now we get into the first Rashi. These are the names of the Jewish people. Es Yaakov Ish Uveso these are all the names. And then the shvatim are listed. Just to note, the order is discussed by a number of the Rishonim. We will not do it. But interesting to note, the order, Reuben Shimon Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zvulun, Binyamin, Don Naphtali, Godva Asher. So we list the Bnei Hagaviros, and then the Bnei HaShvachos. Yosef is left out, even though this is at the end. They're not on the way down anymore, but look at Rabina B'chai and others discuss the order. But why are they all listed here, Shmos Bnei Yisrael, says Rashi, Af shemanan and bishmosan. Even though just a few weeks ago, the end of Sefer Braces, we already had a listing of all seventy or sixty-nine plus one that went down to Mitzrayim. He repeated the order. He counted them again. to show us how much he loves us. When I really. Are, have an affectionate feeling, I want to show affection to something, I count it over and over again. If somebody loves money, they just keep counting, counting all the money that they have. If somebody loves loves Svarim, right? they just go, okay, I have all, I have that volume and that volume, whatever we love. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, so he always counts us. And then Rashi adds, we are compared to stars, that he sends them out in their numbers, U u and he's machnis them in their numbers and their names. Mar, as the pasuk says in Yishayo, yikra. <coughs> we say a similar pasuk every morning. The question that many mafarshim ask, and we are going to suggest an idea quoted here in the Otsur Satora that a number of mafarshim say, but we'll see it in his in the formulation that he says why stars we're compared to sand elsewhere. And here, the first time that Bnei Yisrael accounted as a nation, really, as Bnei Yisrael, this is the first time Bnei Yisrael as a nation, even though here it, literally, it still means literally, we're not called an Am until a few Pesukim later. The first person to call Bnei Yisrael a nation was Paro, in Pasuk Tes. By Yomer El Amo, he says to his own nation, Hine, am Bnei Yisrael, Atsum All of a sudden we're an Am. We have gone from Yechidim to An'am. Paro is the one that says it first. But why stars? Why does the Medrash compare it to stars? Says the Otras HaTorah. That's the question of the Sif Chachamim, And it's the question that we will first deal with. Line six. Vinira leva'er. Let me explain. Tihine Amor Yomar Ha'adam Ma'ani So many times in life, we could wake up in the morning, we could go through daily life, and sometimes think, what am I really accomplishing in life? What am I doing? Okay, I go through the motions. I daven. I, I do some chesed. I, uh, I, I work with my family. But sometimes we could, kind of, could get monotonous. And it could get the, the, the regular shi'gra, the daily life. We, it might lose its vigor and lose its excitement. I think I'm just a tiny little human finite being. Am I the God of the Lord? Am I the greatest? How much hashpah am I having? You know, my actions. How much, look around, look how many Jews there are. Look how many people there are in my shul, in my community, in my country, in the world. What do I really accomplish? I'm a little, little seed. When we think about the universe, I'm not even a blip. I'm not even a piece of dust in the universe. So what can I really accomplish? Says the Medrash, quoting the Pasuk in Yeshayahu, that Rashi quoted half of it. Look at the stars. Look at the stars. What does it mean that every star has a name Rashi explains there, in Yeshayo, the creation of the stars, and as we know, there's an infinite amount of stars. You can't count them. And the Gemara says in Brachos, he paraphrases it here from the Medrash, there are Yud Beis Mazolos, and for everyone there's 30 legions of stars, and that itself has 30, and that itself has another 30, and it keeps going and going. The numbers are just unfathomable. Says Ravichil Tukuchinsky, if you think about the number that the Gemara mentions, 30 times 30 times 30 times 30, you see the number there. It's a cheshbon mafil, how many stars there are. Right? It's a million billion. I mean, we can't even fathom that. Every star. And the Navi says that every single star has a name. A name reflects function, reflects purpose, reflects inherent status. Vihine, line 25. There are an infinite amount billions and trillions and billions of trillions the navi still says la yikra." hashem knows exactly everyone and everyone has a name ritsonolo Lomar says the radak kilokala khan yikra b'shem hana the one that's appropriate Lefi adavar hanivra ba'avuro, l'sibas oso adavar, acher sibas atzmo. every star has, an, uh, has a name has an effect has a hashpa on the entire universe. If any star goes out of orbit, that affects the next star, and next star, and trillions of light years away, there can be something felt by the star that moves a drop out of its place. Kikol kochav m'emshal al And every star has effects on the lower worlds. l'asoz as Chazal say, he quotes it, nothing happens in this earth that is not affected and does not affect everything in the upper spheres and in the universes. Right? The fact that a, a blade of grass grows, is all connected to all the upper worlds. Now he gets to our point, line 32 towards the bottom. As we just described. A says, What does God need me for? What do I... I'm not going to wake up today. I'm not going to do my job today. I'm just going to stop. Don't don't mind me, other stars. I'm just one. Our cause, we can't even imagine. How many forests would, go, would be lit on fire? How many, how many what the, the tragedies that would occur by by one little star? That's the message. We are all stars. We are all stars. Not only of our parents, but of our Kaddish Baruch, Baruch Hu. says, The stars have names. Every one of you has names as well. The first time we're counted here in Sefer Shmos, Baruch who says, al Even the smallest through my actions, safur, we can't even imagine the effects of our actions. but all of that the, the fact that there are people, a group of us here learning Torah together, we can't fathom what's happening in Shamayim. By the fact that there is a group learning. No star is the same. No two stars have the same function. No two out of the trillion billion. Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. Everyone has different size. Everyone has different purpose. And if I don't accomplish, it has a negative effect. And if I do accomplish, it has an amazing effect. And this is where Chaim Yvalashin writes a few times. He quotes it from Nefesh HaChaim. Every thought, every dibur, everything, everything is taken up in Shemayim. Everything is recorded. Everything, the the, the video is always on. And everything is being, having an effect. And then he even says beautifully, he says, maybe that's a deeper idea when it says in Pirkei Yavu, know what's above you. Put a comma in the middle. Know what's above? Mimcha is from you. Is from us. Everything malamala. We're in control. We are the only ones in the entire universe that has Bechira, that has effects that accomplishes. lamar kim ha'inyonim hanoraim. If you don't realize, and we can't see the effects that our actions have, aval we should really know. hashenase l'mala Everything that happens above hakomimchahu. It's all based on human actions. Al la'an That is the words of Rivchaim Yivelashin, and that's and that's the Rashi. We are all stars, and that's what we have to think about. He quotes in the last paragraph. We might not affect the entire universe, but, but we, all, we each have a tafkid to do. In our own little way. And even if nobody else knows about it. Kodesh Baruch Hu knows about it. Kodesh Baruch Hu knows every little detail of the entire universe. Okay, so we're all a star. And now we continue. Let's continue reading. So we have the list of the Shvatim. Came down. Yosef, his brothers, the entire generation, dies. And B'nai Yisrael, our Paravai Yishru by And... All of a sudden, there is a new king in town. A new sheriff. Vayaka melech hadash al-Mitzrayim. A new king, pasaches, A new king that did not know Yosef. Did not know Yosef. What do you mean he didn't know Yosef? So we know the famous Machokes from Maseches Rashi quotes what does it mean, melech Look at Rashi's lashon, quoting the Gemara. Rav Chadamar chadash mamish. Once there's a new king. Okay. That never knew Yosef. Second day of Achad amar she The decrees were. <coughs> how would we translate nischadesh? New new decrees. Nischadshu also gives the impression that it was renewed. Nischadshu gzeirosav. It was renewed what it used to be. Question one. Is there something that was renewed? What, what did it used to be? And what is it now? It's new. New. Nishadish Kzerosav sounds like that it's not just something totally new, but it's something that was and now is coming back. Nishadish Kzerosav. So what does that mean? What used to be and what has come back? Question one. Question two, related. If we look at Oculus, we look at Oculus on the Pasik. V'kam malka chadetah al-Mitzrayim. A new king, right? uncleus tries to keep to the psuto. A new king Dela mikayim mm-hmm. gzeras Yosef. He did not keep Yosef's laws. Yosef's laws. What laws did Yosef make? What kind of laws that did Yosef make? But that's uncleus. Asher lo yada Yosef means he retracted on the laws that Yosef created. So what laws did Yosef create? Those are the two questions of Rabbi Yosef Misalant. The bear Yosef, what would his nishadshu mean? That it was renewed? And number two, what does unkelous mean that he did not keep the laws of Yosef? Vitzarech v'yur says the bear Yosef, b'muvan shu nishadshu k'zei rosav, ima kavanah es b'nei Yisrael b'avodah is it that, oh, we're going to torture the Jewish people? E'en ze b'muvan that's not what I would say nishadshu means. V'zeh shayach al dava shekfar ha'yev yashain Nishadesh means, it was, it's an old law. And it's been forgotten over time. And now we're going back to it. The Jews were never oppressed and never tortured in Mitzrayim before now. Yes, the Avos were there. Avram was there. Yitzchak almost went there. So they had been in Mitzrayim before. They weren't tortured. Okay, sorrow was taken, but that's not Inui. So what does it mean, Nischad shuk Well, what does it If it's a new Gzeros Inui, we wouldn't use that lotion. And number two, he quotes the second question we mentioned. zaris Yosef. Says the Bear Yosef, we have to get into Paro's head. Paro had one goal. One goal. He wants to subjugate the Jews. He wants to be Ma'anah, he wants to torture, he wants to- That's his ultimate goal. But he wants a nation of slaves. How could I do that? How can I convince my people to understand that this is a national need? How do I do it? Says the bear Yosef. The efsheh l'haven b'zeh. Shehamelech ha'chadosh ratzah l'shaneh ha'chis ha'mo. He wants to convince his people. Sheh yaskimu kulam ito l'lchotz has Yisrael. To oppress them. U'lahachnis ham tahaz ha'chibad and that's going to be pretty hard because you know what? It's probably in the history books that Yosef was a great man and that he saved the country. And he, the famine stopped when Yaakov probably learned it in second grade that Yaakov Avinu came down and the famine stopped. Amazing. But the problem is how was he going to do this? Moshe Yosef saved them. The entire nation. For 80 years. If you do the math, he was 17, and then 22 years, 39, when Yaakov came down, 40, and he died at 110. So that's that's a long time. That yo wait. From Vayechi to Shmos, or at the end of Vayechi, Yosef died. But Parshas Vayechi, from the time Yaakov died, okay, another 17 years after that, but then another 50, 60 years after that, that Yosef lived. And he was second in command, so it wasn't so long ago. At this point, so says the bear Yosef that Paro was trying to figure out how could I convince the Jews to be kfuyei tova to to forget everything. Lochein next column his kachem Levato as mashakava Yosef. Number one, the first step is to uproot the laws that Yosef made. What laws did Yosef make? We really only know in the Tarshish of Asav, one law. What did Yosef do? After he gave them, he gave them uh, food for money. And then he took all their animals. And what happened all the way at the end? They come, Yosef, we have nothing. So he says, okay, you're avadim." And what did he do? He made them move all around the country. Every, nobody could stay where they are. Everybody's got to change. Everybody's got to be a stranger. Everybody's got to feel like a gear. Everybody's going to feel strange. That was Yosef's law. Except for one people came somewhere and stayed there. And that was Am Yisrael. They came to Goshen. That's where they are. Hainu, line six. That was a law that Yosef made. The strangers became native feeling and the natives became strangers. That was Yosef's Chachma that Rashi quoted back in by Vayigash Because he wanted them to not make fun of the brothers and to accept them. Even more than accept them. He bought all the land and they were slaves. And now the Melech is going to prove. You know why Yosef did all of this? For his own family. Who are the real citizens of Egypt? We are. The ones who are born here. The ones who are, I'm a fourth generation Egyptian. Says, oh, you feel straight, but Yosef made these rules. It's time to go back to what it used to be. It's time to go back to what was it before Yosef. If you were born here and your Zaydan, and your Alpha Zaydan, was an Egyptian, you are an Egyptian and you belong here if you were born anywhere else, you are a stranger and you don't have any rights here. Something that many nations throughout history have said to the Jewish people. "This Is your homeland? It's not. You must leave. But why did Yosef force all of you to do this? Turning over the page and to force you to sell the land that forced you to, to be sold as Avadim. The Nimsa. They're all slaves. They're all slaves. Right. All, Yosef, who are the only people in Mishraim that weren't slaves to Paro, The brothers and their families. They're the only ones. On the books, Yosef has, I bought everybody. Everybody are Avadim. And only Am Yisrael B'nei Chorin. Says Paro, That's just the opposite of what it should be. That's the uncleless. That's the uncleless. I'm getting rid of this law. And to answer the other question, one fell swoop. I'm going back to what it used to be. Nischadshu, Zeirosav. Haim Rak, bnei Yisrael, mi Yosef Rak They're the only ones, and that's why they come, says the Ber Next paragraph. Ukidei sheyuchal lohtzi es zadon in order to be able to carry out his his wicked plan, sheyaskima amla l'rados biyisrael b'farech to subjugate them with hard backbreaking labor, Hechnifla'amo. Flattery. Vikama u beat out No, no, no. None of you are slaves. You are all free. Let me tell you who slaves are. Slaves are people who aren't supposed to be here. Slaves are non-native Egyptians. Hainu Yose, I'm going back on those laws. That's the unclus, and that's the returning to what was. Next column. Says the Yo Reb uh, Rabyose Misalant, Uke Ais Bitlum Vhide Shahukim Ayushanim. Shayyimikadem. He's going back to what always was in every country. Sharaki Lidehaam Vihaarets Haim Nechavim Lezrachim. Only people born there are considered citizens. Hazarim Aboim Lagorsham immigrants Immigrants Maybe you could get a green card, but you can't get a passport. Says the says Paro. And then eventually they don't can't get anything, and as we know, what it led to. And that's Neschatuk Zerosef of the Uncleless. So basically, Rashi and the uncleists are pointing at the same idea. Neschatuk Zerosef is by being Mevatal the law that that Yosef that Yosef had. Everybody who is Avadim now. They have to be the lower class. And then he even says, after this ingenious pshat of putting the two together, he says maybe that's a deeper idea on the Pasik that he says to them. He says, this nation, I'm Yisrael, Rav. So that usually means the Pashas is, there are many. Rav also can mean a master. Elsewhere we have it in the Torah. They, they have been the masters on us for enough. As Chazal find elsewhere, Rav means a master. Rav means a master. And his karazlael, v'a'usanu kanal avadim, uma'amashamar v'a'atzum, means they have a lot of property, on imenum ma'od. Says the Bar Yosef, this is the start of it, this is the strategy. The greatest enemies of the Jewish people, the greatest leaders who wanted to take down the Jewish people, knew they first have to, have to demonize and dehumanize the Jews, make them into a lower class until they're not even in any class. And this is exactly what Paro did. Right when we became a nation, that's when it all started. And if you think about, is there a basis for anti-Semitism? Is there a basis? This is just the opposite of what they should have done to us. Right? We did everything for them. And this is what the Mitzrayim did. of Son Iliak. Okay. Moving right along. So, the master plan. The Jewish problem and the solution. Havan Nishach Malo. Let's deal wisely with them maybe there'll be many, a war will come, and therefore he puts sorry Misim, and they build, the problem is, he keeps trying to push them down, and they keep having babies. Finally he says, this is not working. So he goes to the Mialdosa Ibrios, he goes to Shifra and, and Pua, someone asked me this week, why is Shifra a common Jewish name today, but Pua is not? Not sure about that. But Shifren, Purah, Yocheved and, and Miriam, and Paro gives them strict instructions. What does he say? When they are on the birthing stools in Benhu, if it's a boy, kill it. Right? No more Jewish boys. I see in the future that the leader will be a boy, and therefore kill it. Kill him. The Okay, the girls could live. And as we know by Tirenam yaldas is Elohim, and they did not follow. Points out, or Avram Shore. Halekach Fahalib of its source number six, there are three Uri Isems in the Torah. This being the first one. Uri Isem Al Ha'avnoim. See them on the birthing stool. Ksiv. This is in. Tavshenayin, Dala the Tavshenayin Base, I think. Urisem la Avnayim, Ubisvarimivia Misora. Sheavi O Beis B'Komo, Moshe Kassubu Urisem Three times isem Number one by the Meraglim. Urisem es Haaretz Mahi. You will see, Moshe commands the Meraglim what the land is like, Eretz Yisrael. isem Oso Uzacharim is called Mitzvah Hashem, and then the famous one in the third parsha of Kriyah so three Uri Isams, Uri Sam al Havnayim, Uri Sam oso zaharatim, Uri Sam esa What are these three? A nice drush. He quotes the Rebbe of Shmelka. The three Uri are connected, the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos. Akavya ben Mahawala Omer. Akavya says, his takel to shloshat varim, ve'enata Look at three things and you won't come to sin. What are the three things? As we know. Where do you come from? Where are you going to? And in front of whom do you have to stand? Those are the three Uri How? Three focuses that we have to have. Where did you come from? The birthing stool. The beginning. That, one's, that one fits in. Ulan Where are you going? u re is a mes ha Right. L'fnei mi a ta rima v'soleah. ri mes The land, the earth. L'fnei mi a din v'cheshbon. That's u re is by tzitzis. Why by tzitzis? What does the Gemara say in Menachos? The Gemara says, tzitzis, the t'cheles doma li-yam, doma li-rakiyah, dom the three Re'isems are connected, the three of Akavia by alomer, and we will. The Re'ia the that we have to have, Histakel and Re'ia, it's not just a play on, on the words, it's the, it's the concept. Look at three things, Re'ia and Histaklus. And then he adds, maybe it's even connected to the three strategies that Chazal tell us in Mesechas Brachas on Dafhei. The next column, how to overcome our Yitzhahara. La Olam yargis Adam Yitzhah We have to be margis. We have to muscle our Yitzhah Tov over our Sahara. And how do we do that? The Yitzhah the Brachas mentions three strategies. Number one, Yasuk Matorah, Focus on Torah. Number two, Yikra Kriyashma. If that doesn't work Torah, Kabol Achashemayim Kriyashma. And if not, Yaskir lo Yom HaMisa. Remind them of Yom HaMisa, which parenthetically we mentioned in the past, why is it Dafka Yom HaMisa, not just Yaskir lo Misa? What do I mean Yom HaMisa? So the Chavitz Chaim once said, Yom HaMisa, this is just parenthetically, Yom HaMisa, if somebody, Rachman al finds out in the morning, somebody says, you have a couple of hours, that's it. You have a couple of hours more on this earth. Yaskir lo Yom HaMisa, what would that day be full of? Would one waste a second that day? Would one just relax that day? Or would one do every single thing that they've procrastinated about all their life? Every single second there'd be no, 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 no sleep, no nothing. Every second until the last. Yaskalo Yom HaMisa. The Chavetz Chaim, not just Misa. Anyway, back to this. So, the three ways to be Margaz Yechadavah Yezahara Torah, Kriyashman Yom HaMisa. Uri Isen Al HaAv Noyim. To the birth. Reason why I'm That's Torah. What do you mean? How does that Torah? What just happened on the way out, or right before the baby comes out? We all know the Gemara is Nida. We have the greatest Chavrusah that we will ever have in our lifetimes. We're we'll looking kula with a malach, and then on the way out, we forget. We are caused to forget it, so now we have to earn it, that we have to learn it again. Remember that says Avram let me explain what is that experience all about? and what are we supposed to look at?. Remember that Torah,,, all the Kaa that a person has to learn in their lifetime, any potential that they bring to fruition, it all goes back to that first chavrusa that the person had. If a person never learned Torah in the womb, they would never be able to connect to the Torah in this lifetime. The Torah is so spiritual, magical, and and divine that if we never had that that injection before we were born, it would just be totally apples and oranges. We wouldn't be able to connect at all to the Torah. Anything we accomplish is thanks to that learning that we learned originally. But even though we forget everything. But the koach is there that we could get it back. The malach implanted it in us. As the gone says, he quotes, What does that mean? Through the hard work. You find it. You only find something that you lost. We had it once before. Before we came out. And a person has to believe that the Torah is something totally unique and not from this world. It's not logical or explainable, really, that a physical megusham Per, being let's think about it can an animal learn Torah? no so what makes us? because we have an neshama what do you mean we have a neshama? that neshama is from that malach that's what makes us different we have to realize that the opportunity that we have to learn goes back to the malach and that's also he quotes the Vilna Gon who says Al the Mishnah in Avos Al Ki If you learn a lot, if we learn a lot, we shouldn't think this is so great. no That's from the time that you were formed. You're just getting it back, and you're doing what we should be doing. It says that's the first and Al If we have the attitude that all Torah that we learn is connecting back to the implantation. Of the Torah, originally will always keep with this proper attitude in our learning. It won't go to our heads. We won't think of, of ourselves, of getting ourselves a pat on the back. And we've done enough. Because we know it's all getting back to what it was. To what we had. Line 17. It's all from It's all. It's all HaKadosh Baruch who leads us and helps our understanding. We have to realize how much we have to guard and be makir that it is siyata deshmayeh from HaKadosh Baruch. That's the first two re'isem. Re'isem alav noyim connects to Torah. Next, the re'isem oso ha-kasa mitzvah in Parsha shlach, that second re'isem oso his neged kriyashma. Sitzes is part of kriyashma. Sitzes is the third parsha According to the Rambam, the mitzvah of Kabbalas L'Makriyishma, and since is all it's all one, the Rabbim does not count a separate mitzvah of Zechiras Yisias Mitzrayim, the third part of Kriyishma. It's part of the mitzvah of Kriyishma. It's all connected. Shatzitzes Maskei R'Adam, sheish borei olam. Tzitzes reminds us that there's a borei olam. Tcheilas Domaliyam, as we said before, the Rakia, who maybe Adam L'gaye Kabbalas L'Machus Shemayim. And of course, the third one is explicit, who isem es haaretz, yom hamisa, as we said before. So the three reisems that we have in the Torah are Keneged, the three akavya ben mahalalels of and also kineged, the three ways, the three strategies that Chazal give us to conquer our Yeh through Torah, but proper perspective on Torah. Remembering that everything we achieve in Torah is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu going back to that Malach that we had in utero, and number two, krishma and number three, Torah. And number three, yomamis. Okay, moving right along. Let's go now to another one of the major events. We meet Moshe Rabbeinu. Not only do we meet Moshe Rabbeinu, we're not going to focus so much on his birth right now. He's born, and we know the Travails that he goes through originally, Minamayim Mishisihu, he's pulled from the water. We've spoken in the past what the significance of his name is. Why is that such a significant event in his life, Minamayim Mishisihu? And the three acts of Chesed that Moshe Rabbeinu does, we spoke about this five years ago from the which points out. The three acts that Moshe first gets involved in three arguments Jew, non Jew, 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 and non Jew, non Jew. Because it's his Mahus. A Baal chesed, it doesn't matter who's involved. He saves the Jew from the Mitzri hitting, Jew and non-Jew. And then he goes, and two people are fighting, right? And he is told, what are you doing? And finally he goes to Midian. And are shepherds and, uh, and a Midianite girl, non-Jew, non-Jew. Moshe Rabbeinu's machus is to be a Baal chesed. So in Midian, Paragimel, U <speaking in> Hayaroe <Hebrew> HaYaroah Es Son Yisro Chosno Kohen Midian. Moshe is by now married, and he is shepherding the sheep of his father in law Yisro, (coughs) Kohain Midyan. The Torah emphasizes; we already know he's Kohain Midyan. But this is still Moshe Rabbeinu's father in law, Kohain (coughs) Midyan. He takes the (coughs) zone. He comes to (coughs) Har Ha Elokim. Rashi quotes Al Shem Ha Asid, based on the future. (coughs) Comes to (coughs) Chorev. Vayera, let's read this Pesach slowly. Vayera malach Hashem, a love, balabas eish, mitochasne. And an angel of God appears to him in the, balabas eish, in the fire, mitochasne, from the bush. Vayar, and he sees. Vayine hasne bo'er bo'esh, the sne is burning, vahasne einenu ukol, and the sne is not getting consumed. It says the Svarno. And we'll have two thoughts on this pasik. Says the Svarno. Interesting that in the same pasik you have a Vayera and a Vayar. Something appeared to Moshe and Moshe saw something. What's the difference? What appeared to Moshe? Why doesn't it just say Vayar Vayar? Moshe saw two things. It thing, doesn't say that. It says something appeared. Vayera. And then it says Vayar. Something appeared to him somehow caught his attention and then he saw. What's the difference between Vayera and Vayar? Says the Svarna right here. A basic Svarno to understand Moshe Rabbeinu's status here and Moshe Rabbeinu's status as we continue reading the Torah. One of the most basic Svarnos in the Parsha. Vayera Malach a love bimare hanavua. It was a Nevu'i, a prophetic vision Moshe was seeing. Ki amnam kasher Bidimus anashim Says the Svarano, if angels put on a physical levush of people, for example by Avram Avinu, who 99% of the him assume, not like the Rambam, That it wasn't just a vision, but it actually occurred. There were people that came to Havram. There were angels that looked like people. And it even looked like they ate. In that type of circumstance, where the angels garbed themselves in physical clothing, it could say vayar. Because a human being could see the physical ke inyan la avraham u la lot u la sam law yavora lahem vayera don't say vayera there beginning of vayera says avram vayera Hashem to avraham but by the malachim it says vayar vayar avram saw. it uses that lotion av yamar laim vayakmo vayar v'neistol sonashin fa yarot fa yarz ba'hashem is ba'derach vay and that's the second half of the passage Vayar Moshe sees. He sees the burning bush. Something physical. V'ze derech chidas Hanavu'ah. At this stage, I'm going to jump ahead of myself for a minute, says B'svarno, Moshe wasn't unique among prophets. At this stage, what did it say later on in the Torah, Barzal Baloscha? Moshe has complete clarity of vision Not in riddle form That didn't happen yet Moshe Rabbeinu is not on the Moshe Rabbeinu level yet We'll see in a minute when he gets to that level But here it was Bechidah It was in the form of a riddle It was not clear Moshe Rabbeinu had no idea what was going on here He sees something physical That's the second half of the passage He sees the burning bush There's something inside, but there's something physical. What was confusing to Moshe? We'll see in a second. I'll explain it more. I'm sorry. That's the message already. Says the Svarno, And we'll see it in a minute. Moshe Rabbeinu sees something physical, but he also has a prophetic vision at the same time. A prophetic vision, the language of Vayera would be used. A vision of angels taking on a physical form, that's a Vayar. Moshe Rabbeinu here has both. He has a Vayera. There are Malachim coming down. What did the Pazik start off by saying? Vayera Malach Hashem Elah Balabas Eish. He has a prophetic vision that is confusing, that is not clear to him. There's some type of communication from Akadish Baruch Hu, but he doesn't know what it is. He knows it's something, he never spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu before. He knows there's something there, but there's also a physical manifestation of a bush that's burning, that's not being consumed. That's the Vayera and the Vayar at the same time. In this regard, we will see later on, there is never any more Vayeras for Moshe Rabbeinu. As we will see. But what's the message of this? Let's just keep reading straight, says the Svarno. Lahoros. It's to teach us. Shebiyot tzaddikei Yisrael, shei Hashem, The Jewish people, what many Befarshim say, are symbolized by that malach Hashem inside the burning bush. They're not getting consumed. But the Jews are pure. Moshe, you have to go redeem them. It's not going to touch the Jewish people. And now he explains. Moshe wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu yet here. He was, excuse me, Moshe the shepherd. Like it says. What does it say here? He scared mehabit. That's the opposite of utmunas Hashem yabit. An exact opposite of how his nevuah is described in Parshish Paloscha. Utmunas Hashem yabit. Here is yare mehabit Elo Elokim. When did that all change? At this stage, he was like all other Neviim. There was Vayeras in his life. Maiman Harsinai. That was the change, the moment of change. At that moment, and he says it more explicitly. We'll read it in a second in Parshas Yisro. I gave it to you in Source Number Nine. At that moment of our Sinai, Hashem spoke to the entire Jewish people directly. The level that Moshe Rabbeinu was on for the rest of his life. All Klai Yisrael achieved that for a moment at Harsinah, but then what did we say? We can't deal with it! Moshe, you talk to us! Go, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't! After the first two dibros. So Moshe says, fine. But at that moment, we realize Moshe stayed at that level. Of seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu as much as a human could see. As the Svarna continues, We couldn't handle it. Kamram we couldn't handle it. But he remained on that level. As the Passock says, as Moshe Rabbeinu recounts Maimad Sinai in Dvarim, everybody else go back to your tents, but no, you stay with me. Moshe Rabbeinu, at that point, there was no more Chidos. There was no more comparing Moshe to any other of the Nevi'im. It was umare v'lo bechitos. And that's exactly what the Sfarno says in Parshish Yisro. That was the purpose. One of the purposes of Ma'am and Ar-Sinai. So we recognize the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. Vayaminu b'Hashem Moshe Avdel. Not only belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but belief in his, in his greatest messenger of all time. Says this, even, even with Mimosha Moshe and Moshe, lo kam Moshe. There was still nobody like the first Moshe. There was still nobody, even the Rambam would agree, start for sure would agree, but even everyone would agree that the first Moshe was unique. He doesn't have a kever to write something on, but says the Sferno, there in Yisro now in Source 9, Even though post everything was clarity of vision, that was only from them. This one started off in av, in a fog. Because here's the change. It's going from fog to clarity of seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ba'avur, what does Moshe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? Why is this the experience here? Ba'avur, yishma ha'am Ya'aminu they need to have the experience themselves in order for then they could, after they reject the experience because they can't stay on that level, they have to reject it, they realize the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. That is what happened at Maimon Ar-Sinai. There's no more Sveikos about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nivua. Middle column, they realized that there's something called Nevua, but they didn't realize Nevua like Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be. So Hashem gave them all that experience for a moment so that they would realize, wow, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu constantly experiences. He's different than us. We have to realize that. But the chiddush of the svarno for our parsha, for our purposes, is that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't there yet, and that was the unique sne experience. There was clarity and blari. There was physical and spiritual. There was a vayera and there was a vayar, both in the same pasuk, both in the same experience. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what was going on, and he turns and says, "What is what is happening here?" That's the svarno. Good. Next pasuk. Next pasuk. So, what's Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction? Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Vayomer Moshe, I will turn and I will see this great mare. Madua lo Why isn't the snare burning? Hashem that he." Turned Moshe Moshe, one of the four people with a double calling. Good asks the Limud Nisan. Riv the second one. We started off with him, and we'll continue. The Torah could have just as been understood without the last four Pesukim and Pasuk Gimel. Moshe Rabbeinu sees a burning bush that's not being consumed. He turns to see what's going on, and Hashem answers him. Why does the Torah have to explicate? Moshe turned to see what was going on, and he asked, why isn't the snap burning? And Hashem answers him. Well, what else would he ask? He sees the snare is burning and not being consumed, and he asks, why is the snap being burned and not consumed? And Hashem answers him. Why did the Torah have to mention that question? It's obviously the question it's obviously what Moshe Rabbeinu would have been bothered by, and who's he talking to anyway? Because he didn't know Akharas Baruchu was there, didn't know Akharas Baruchu at that time, you know, was appearing to him in this way. That's the Limud Nisan, line four. The Gil Solano tells us madua What's the chiddush? What's the chachma in that question? The first question that we have in on record. That Moshe, the first recorded conversation between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe says, why isn't this net burning?" We kind of know that. Why do we have to have that in the Torah? Says the Limudin Nisan, from this Alpert, it's based on a thought <clears throat> that we've mentioned in the past in a different context from Rebuchana Wasserman. In Kovetz Mamarim, the two volumes of Rebuchana Wasserman, it's the first piece. The first piece, but he quotes it. I gave it to you from his writings. First piece, there deals with this Rabbi Khanan there deals with a simple question. Is B'Hashem, which we know is one of the Misses Benoach, at least about a Zara, the negative, is that something logical? Believing in God? Is that something says Rebbe Hanan, if you have somebody living out in the boondocks and he, his parents were atheists and his grandparents were atheists, and he's an atheist? There's no such thing as God, no such thing, nothing. And when he goes up to Shemayim after 120 years, is he going to be held accountable? He never had, he never was taught. He never had a teacher. Is it something that is natural, that should be instinctive? Says Rabbi Al-Khanan, 100%. And if somebody doesn't believe, it's only because they don't want to believe. And they are influenced by their own biases, their own desires. Because all you have to do is open up one eye and look around the world and one will realize that there has to be a creator. Says Rabbi did you ever look at any, we mentioned this also in the past, ever look at any type of machine and say, wow, who made that machine? Is it possible that the machine just happened to exist? Is it possible that a computer chip just, you know, there was a big, you know, people dropped a a bunch of pieces of metal and wire together and a computer chip came out of it? It doesn't make sense. The more complex an item is, obviously, the more that's a reflection of the creator of that item. There's no greater complex item in the entire universe than the universe itself. It just happened. The koach, the koach of, of, of the, the, the energy that's in physical energy, in in weather, in, in any type of energy. The power of, of growth of plants. There's nothing like it. We can't create something like it. says so, says, look around, open our eyes. Any objective person will realize what Avraham Avinu realized, that there's a Balhabira, that there's someone, some being, that is making mechadish b'chol yom tabin myself gracious. It doesn't make sense otherwise, says Rebbe Alchanan. The only reason, okay, we're not going to read the whole thing, line 13, the only reason one wouldn't be able to do this is if they are not being objective. And if there are (coughs) subjective ritsonos of one not wanting to believe. And that's why, what does Chazal say on that? is nus. But what's Zuminus? Minus heresy? Isn't that in the brain and not in the heart? What do you mean Zuminus? No, no, no. It starts in the heart. Because if it's purely in the brain, there wouldn't be any heretics. There wouldn't be any minus if it was purely in the brain. Says And then he quotes that's step one. Their logic dictates that it must be a creator. Step two, says Rabbi Hanan, which is the natural result of step one. And this is all going to be used by Rav and Alpert to explain our passage. Step two, says Rav Nissen Alpert, if there is a creator, he obviously has a purpose in creation. A creator, I wouldn't build a computer chip unless I wanted it to be used, to achieve a purpose. I wouldn't build a house unless I wanted people to live in the house. Anytime something is created, it obviously, nobody makes something for nothing. I, I, I create, I make a couch for people to sit on. Anything in life, the fact that it was made means that there's a purpose. So the fact that the world, the creator created the world, means there's a purpose. How do we know what the purpose is? How do we know what the purpose is? He has to have given an instruction manual, an instruction booklet. He only wrote one book. So that's step two. Step two is the Torah. Step two is line twenty-seven. Umeiikar harishon. Again, feel free to read the whole thing afterwards. Haemuna b'Hashem. From step one, which is belief in God. Yotzah tolda mukrachat. There is a step two that's mukrach. Haikar sheini. Torah min That He gave an instruction manual. Ki amruch et taklus kol nevraim laasos for its own konam. That is step two. It must be that HaKadosh Baruchu created the world for, uh, and what are the instructions to follow the Torah? Sheva Mitzvah 6.13 So if you think about it says Rebel Khanan. well let's just finish his words then we'll get to Rebbe Albert, line 31 What well, he created the world and said guess Figure it out on your own. It's impossible. He must have given an instruction manual. So if you think about it in these terms, says Rav and Alpert, based on Reb al idea, you don't have to be the world's greatest philosopher to realize that there's a God. I don't have to have, to, I don't have to have such a high IQ to figure out that there's a creator. I just have to look around. I just have to ask simple, basic questions. Says Reb and Alper, that's what the Torah is doing here. The first encounter that Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest leader of the Jewish people ever had, the first question that led him to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Madu'a lo Natural world. Why isn't the bush burning? A basic, simple question that any of us would have asked. Madu'a lo that's why this question is made explicit in our parsha. Towards the bottom. Uh, I'm sorry. So he says, line 40. If it wouldn't have said it, we would have thought. There must have been unbelievable thunder and lightning and, and deep philosophical questions So much made to recognize God. No. That's it. Why isn't the snap being burned? And that's his thought on the pasik. Then he just adds and says, and if you really want to know a deeper idea of the Pasch, another greatest proof that there's a God in the world, the Jewish people are inside that burning bush in every generation and century in our history. And any thinking objective person should think, Why are the Jewish people still around? Line 47. We are constantly in the burning bush. Inquisitions, Be'eishel, Pogromin, Be'eishel, Crematoriums, it says that's, we're in the burning bushes, Avalasneinenu ukol, Va'am Yisrael, Chai vekayim, Ba'olam bo'ed, V'davka, Bizmanenu, She'nishpach, Banu, Charonaf Hashem, In our generation, U'baha, Asonanarash, Kilion, L'sheshesh, Milyonim, Me'achenu, B'nei Yisrael, Dafka out of those ashes, look what he says, Kama, Medina Yisrael, do we need more proof of HaKadosh Baruch That in every generation, and after the greatest tragedy that the, that the Jewish people ever went through, we have a rebirth. And a rebirth in, in such a way that hasn't been in 2,000 years. <laughs> Says the alo yiver Nisan. That's all one has to ask. In the literal form, and in the... Message that it's trying to give to us today. Okay, two more thoughts. One quick thought from the Beis Halevi source number twelve. Famous question: As Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises Moshe Rabbeinu, you got to go back. You got to go back. But let me give you a heads up. Baruch is not going to let you out. You're going to go and ask, and he's not going. I'm warning you, Moshe, he's not going to let you out. and Moshe still, at the end of the parsha, gets upset. But a baruch says that. So the base Levi I just gave you in source number twelve asked the question that many mepharshim ask about the harding of Paro's heart. Maybe we'll wait with that for next week. We'll come back to that next week in source number twelve because it also has to do with bringing next week's parsha. But let's go to source number thirteen. We'll end off with a Rev Zevin. With a Rev Zevin, classic says Rev Zevin, water appears four times in our parsha. There are four stories about water in our parsha. If you take a step back and think about it, Rav Zevin puts it together. First, we have at the beginning of the parsha, Kol Haben The boys are thrown into the Nile. One water. Number two, Moshe Rabbeinu Min Hamayim Mishisihu. Moshe Rabbeinu is pulled from the water. Number three, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Midyan VaYash Es Sonam. And he helps out the Bino his future wife, and he gives water to the sheep. And finally, Ha Ladam. Right? The water that you take from the Yaor, from the Nile, will be Ladam, one of the signs that Baruch Hu gives Moshe Rabbeinu, if they don't believe you, take these signs and they will, they will believe you. What's the message? What's the message, right? After this, uh, after of all these four times of water in our parsha, right? Just to read the last one is Akadosh Baruch who's giving Moshe Abaynu, if they don't believe you to the first sign of the Mitzorah, then, V'lakachta mi mei are, you'll take from the R and it will be turned into blood. Why the four? Sezrev Zevin. Let's pick it up from line 10. Gamas Olam Nasan Balibam. The Pazak says, the entire world is put into their hearts. What does that mean? Ain kedusha ba'olam ve'in tuma ba'olam. Ha'kol talui ba'adam. There is very little in life that is purely evil and purely righteous. It all depends how it is used. Almost everything in life. It's all about how we use it. Water. Water is known as the Makar kedusha. Water is Tavila. We make something Tahar by putting it in water. But water also is Machshir Lakabeltuma. A vegetable, a fruit cannot become tame until water goes on it. Water, it all depends how it is used. In Navi, he says in the future, Vahayim bayom ahu yitzu chayim Yerushalayim. But also, what do we say in Tehillim? Mayim hazeidonim, azay mayim shetafunu nach lo'avr al-nafshinu. There's meim mikvah, meim mayan, and mayim machshirim l'kabotumah. It's all about how it's used. And it's not only water. He says back earlier, ha'davar talui Every item in the world could be used, Latov, it could be used, Lara. Water, Latov, and Lara. It all depends how we use it and who is using it. Water in the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu. Chesed. He's pulled from these, these dangerous waters. Water in the hands of the Mitzrayim. Babies thrown into the water. It all depends how it's used. So at the beginning of our nation, the roots of our nation, as we start Sefer HaGaula, and we just remember that in a few weeks we're going to be do Hagalah. We're going to come out as we started off by, we realized that everything in life is there for our usage and it's up to us to use it appropriately, to use it appropriately, and we should have the wisdom to be able to use all the gifts that Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us to spread Torah, to spread Chesed, to be Makadhi, Shem Shamayim in all areas.